Let us pray. Lord, as your scripture is read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. So as I already started out with the kids, I'll continue in that theme. How many of you are afraid of something? Yeah, we're all afraid of, uh, of something. Gravity. Gravity. <laughs> Boy, gravity can really not be our friend for multiple reasons. Um, Are there, oh, so many ways I could go with it, but we're moving on. Anybody else afraid of any, any of uh, Newton's laws? Failure. Failure. Yeah, we're afraid of failure, um, which I'm quickly having with this sermon. What else are we afraid of? Bats. Bats. That is definitely something that we are afraid of here at Groveport United Methodist Church. I'm really thinking of, uh, of making that our mascot, you know, putting that on the sign out front. Is there anything else you know, we're, we're, we're afraid of? I, I see, see some, like, 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 husbands pointing out wives. I won't say which ones, but... Bridges over water. Very specific, over swirling water. Yeah. Absolutely. How many of you are afraid of uh, storms? Any of you afraid of storms? I got to tell you, I used to never be afraid of storms. Never really worried too much about it. Uh, if the uh, tornado sirens went off, I always did that thing that... I, I think it's a guy thing, because I don't see very many women do it. But when the tornado sirens go off, they go outside to look. Right? My dad always did that. He still does that. I still, like, like oh, it's saying take cover. Let's go see what's coming, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, uh, this would have been uh, in 2002. Uh, I'll let you do the math how long ago that was. And... Uh, I was uh, serving a church up in Van Wert, and uh, it was, uh, I think, November, early November. It was in the fall, and it was a warm day, kind of like this, and I was uh, sitting uh, after a church in my uh, apartment and watching a football game, and the tornado sirens go off. Well, that's not something you expect on a sunny fall day. And sometimes when you live in a very small town, odd things happen, right? Things, sirens go off, and there's really no reason somebody hit the wrong button, right? And so that's what I originally thought. But the friend who was there with me thought, you know what, maybe we should turn on the news to see what's going on. I said, 
I guess. Turns out we were having bad storms. And the sirens were going off. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is just overreaction. But my friend was like, we, we, we really should go seek cover, especially since my apartment was uh, the, a converted attic of a big old 1800s house, right? So, grabbed my stuff, went down the steps, and went next door to the church. Because where else do you go when there's a storm but the church? Plus, it had a basement. As we walked down to the street, and, and like, like my, my apartment sat in the house right next to the church parking lot. So as we were walking down by the church parking lot, I could see that there was a bunch of black clouds up in the sky. And everybody was out on their porch doing one of these things. <laughs> okay. And I was still relatively new to town. Maybe that's just what we do when a storm comes through. We all stand on the front porch and look. And so I get to the church, and I'm standing on the front porch, and my friend decides to go in and, and to, to go downstairs to the basement like a normal person would. But I stand outside to see what's going on. And I see this cloud. And the cloud is kind of doing like this weird motion like this with the tornado sirens going off. Yeah, you know where this is going. How I did not know that that was a tornado is beyond me. And all of a sudden, it was coming this direction, and it just sort of clicked. Hey, Pastor Rick, that's a tornado. You probably shouldn't be standing outside. And just as that clicked, I started hearing all this language you don't normally hear in church, coming from down the street and people running inside, a door is slamming, this guy jumps in his car and he takes off, which is never a good sign when your neighbor is driving fast out of town. Nothing good is coming. And all of a sudden, I realized there was a tornado headed right at me. And so I was told later that I ran into the church screaming like a little girl, <laughs> Tornado! Tornado! Hide! We're all going to die! And I and we entered the basement, and we had, like, uh, mats that you use for uh, gym, you know, with kids. And I apparently hid underneath one of those mats until it was clear. All right, maybe not the most heroic moment in Pastor Rick's life. Turns out it was a Category 4 tornado that was ripping through town, tore out a, a, a big section of the town, uh, missed the other church I was uh, serving by about a couple hundred feet, went right across the, the, the field in front of it, uh, killed uh, several people, and uh, destroyed our movie theater, which people were, were in and, and got out just in time before it collapsed. But it, it really uh, took several years for the town to recover from that storm. And I remember being in the basement of the church, praying, God, Keep us safe. Storms come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them are large, like a tornado. Others are smaller, but no less impactful. 
Some of the storms we encounter in our lives are hurtful, breaking up of relationships, breaking up of communities. Some of the storms we encounter are storms of health and wellness. It doesn't matter what the storm is, though. Jesus will see us through them all. In our scripture reading this morning, Jesus had just got done feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. After this miraculous event, Jesus sends his, his disciples across the Sea of Galilee to a beautiful plain called Gennaret. And the Sea of Galilee, as we talked a little bit uh, last week, is a, a large inland lake. It is uh, in the part of Israel called the Galilee, that, that northern part where Jesus and almost all of the disciples were from. And it's pretty good size from like north to south. It's like eight miles at its, or it's about 13 miles north to south and it's about eight miles wide. So it's good size, especially if you get out into the middle. And it's about 140 feet, give or take, some deep at its deepest point. And so the disciples were several miles from shore, out over several, or about more than 100 feet of water, when all of a sudden a storm began to blow in. And they began to face strong headwinds, and they became stuck in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Now remember, they didn't have motorboats back then. They had sails and a couple of oars. They were stuck in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And as the storm began to push in, the wind picked up and the waves got higher and higher. And soon it was dark and it was windy and it was raining and it was miserable. And the disciples stayed huddled in their little boat. And they began to pray to God for help. As morning approached, they noticed a figure coming at them. Now, I want you to imagine you're in a boat several miles offshore in a storm. And you see somebody walking towards you. I don't know that much about the sea and boating, but what I do know is it's not normal to see somebody walking across the water. The disciples were mostly men of the water, of fishing. They'd been doing this sort of thing since they were small children, and none of them had ever seen somebody walking towards them. And so they were scared. And the first thing that came to their mind is, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. 
And I know when I read this, I always sort of chuckle to myself, oh, come on, how did they think this was a ghost? But it makes sense when you consider this was abnormal. This wasn't something any of them had ever seen before. Plus, there, were, um, uh, uh, there was a legend that at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee was a portal to the underworld, and that late at night, ghosts would escape. Just like today, we have ghost stories about scary places. There was ghost stories back then. And so the disciples heard this ghost story. They saw this guy walking at them, and they automatically said, this must be a ghost. Or for some reason, whenever I, I read this, I always think of Shaggy from uh, uh, Scooby-Doo. It's a ghost. <laughs> but then they realize it's not a ghost. It's an answer to prayer. You know, sometimes God's answer to prayer isn't always what we expect. And it was Jesus. He was coming towards them. It was a miracle. They were going to be safe because Jesus was on his way. Simon Peter, as he saw Jesus standing there on the water, he calls out to Jesus and he asks him, Jesus, let me come to you. And so Jesus holds out his hand and says, come on. And Peter does. He, he begins walking on water towards Jesus until he begins to think, what in the world am I doing? This isn't going to work. I can't walk on water. And he begins to sink. Jesus looks at Simon Peter and it's like, but little faith do you have? What little faith do you have? What this story tells us is that no matter what storm we have in our life, Jesus is going to be there. Even if it seems an impossibility. Real quick, when I read this story, three things kind of pop into my mind. First is, Jesus takes our hand just like he takes, he took Peter's hand when he began to sink. My friends, all of us at some point in time in our lives are going to find ourselves in a dark place where our faith wavers and we begin to sink. Maybe not sink into the Sea of Galilee, but we begin to sink into our own loneliness, into our own grief, into our own pain, into our own sorrow, into our own self-pity, whatever it may be. And no matter what it is that we are sinking into, Jesus is there to extend his hand and to pull us out in a loving and kind way. The second thing this story reminds me is that while Jesus might not stop all the storms we face, he does teach us how to bravely walk through our darkest moments. My friends, we're all going to go through dark times, but we don't have to go through that alone. We can go through that with Jesus. And no matter what dark moment we face, even if it's 
the darkness of death, Jesus will show us a way through. And finally, this story, I think, reminds us that following Jesus means, at times, taking a risk. Right? We, now some 2,000 years later, look at this story and think, Simon Peter, how could you not have faith in Jesus? He's standing on the water. Why couldn't you have faith that, 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 that you could do the same if Jesus said you could? But as I think more and more on this story, the question I have is, what's the deal with the 11, 11 who didn't get out of the boat? Hmm? At least Simon Peter had the faith to try to get out, to take a risk with Jesus. The other 11 said, oh, that's not happening. We're staying in our safe boat. Sometimes following Jesus means taking a risk. We need to be willing to step out of our comfy boat and experience the life God wants for us. My friends, just like the disciples who were in that boat in a scary spot, we all find ourselves in scary spots, in dark spots, but Jesus will come to us in our time of need, and extend his hand and guide us through if we just believe. Just believe. That is all that Jesus is asking. Believe that I am here to help you. Take my hand. And he will lead us through. Let us pray. Lord, we all find ourselves in scary places, in dark places, and we don't know what to do. We, we don't know how we're going to make it through. And we pray in desperation. You hear our prayer and you come to us. Maybe not how we expect, but you come to us. And it doesn't mean that the scary situation we are in will just disappear. But what it means is that you will walk with us through it. And you will help us to get through. No matter what it is we're facing, you will help us get through. Because nothing is greater than you. Nothing can stand in your way. And nothing can stand in our way if you are with us. So Lord, we trust everything we have to you. We know that you will help us through any situation. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. In your name we humbly pray. Amen.